I would say focus on something, find your winner. Don't be scattered like we were. And because we were just making a bunch of stuff instead of saying, what is our go-to strategy here? What is our hero? You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to this story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huberman. You're listening to Hawk Talk. Today, I'm here with Barry Turner. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Eric. I appreciate it. So you've obviously had a ton of success at this point, and you built an incredible company, Lenny and Larry's. And I'm curious. So again, four years old, you're the healthy cookie king of America. You knew this was going to be your life's calling, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Growing <laughs> up in Hickory, North Carolina, I knew I was going to be baking protein cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. So we'd love to take you back. So North Carolina, childhood, tell me about where you started. Yeah. I grew up in uh, Hickory, North Carolina. Proud of my hometown. Played a lot of sports, football, basketball, and baseball growing up. I was always a good athlete. And had an injury uh, when I was 15 playing baseball. I went deaf in my right ear from a concussion in baseball. Wow. And so that led me to... And how that up. happened? Were you hit with a ball or a bat? What? I, was a, I was a center fielder and I was going after a ball and the shortstop, he was backpedaling and his head, our heads collided. Ouch. Yeah, it was, my, it was my ball. He knew it after the fact, but too late, I'm deaf. And yep. so, yeah, so I've been living with that for you know 40 some years. But uh-huh. that really jump started me into uh, fitness in terms of like uh, bodybuilding and working out. So I started working out at 15 years old. And from that point on, I was hooked and been hooked ever since. Got it. So high school, you did you have plans at that point? Were you thinking you were going to become a college baseball player, a professional baseball player? Like where were your dreams yeah. at, at that point? Yeah, that was it. I, I had no backup plan. I was going to play pro sports. I didn't know if it was for me. I didn't know if it's going to be a baseball or football, but at that time I wasn't huge. So I thought, yeah, I'll just go be a pro baseball player. That's literally what I thought. Yeah. And when did that start? How old were you when you really got into all that? Probably seven. Yeah. And uh, were, just, were your parents like, was your dad an athlete, your mom an athlete? Yeah. No, nobody. I had a couple uncles were, but I was just obsessed with sports and as a young kid and I, you know, walk around the neighborhood with a bat or a ball, whatever, a football, anything, just get up a game. Nice. Got it. And so when that changed and you went into bodybuilding, like, did you end up going to college after that? Like what, what, what did you well, kind of went through your head? I, I competed, I competed even before I graduated uh, high school. And then I competed uh, only two times, 17 and 18 years old and was, uh, was married very early coming out of high school and just had a, uh, had a job. And, nice. uh, and, like and what was that job? What'd you go into? Vending food business, a vending food service. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it was fun. I paid the bills, but it's like, it wasn't enough for me. And I wanted to, I wanted to do more. So I was uh, putting myself through school at night, just going to community college uh-huh. and continue that pattern for about uh, six or seven years. I would just take classes here and there. So you, were, you weren't going for a specific degree. You were just taking yeah. classes at night. Yeah. yeah. What kind of classes? What was grabbing your interest? Well, uh, mainly just, uh, believe it or not, I was uh, looking at studying mechanical engineering and, uh-huh. uh, and I was, you know, pretty good with math, but I just, I, I didn't want to, I didn't like the engineering field. So I started studying construction, business administration and construction because my dad was in construction, uh-huh. which, led me, which led me to, you know, now I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and it led me to taking a, a psychology class, which I loved. And I uh, got hooked on that and started, started taking psychology and political science. And I started attending Georgia State University. Nice. And yeah. so seven years after graduating high school, you went into Georgia State. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so yeah. when you went in there, like, did you go for four full years or what happened at that no, point? No, I was the uh, same thing. I was still working full time, going to school, uh, taking evening uh-huh. classes. But the one constant through all my endeavors and uh, was, uh, was, I was always working out. And I had a stretch there where I was going to school full time, working full time and also working out. So there were only five hours a day to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, but I just made it happen. I was, I was just obsessed with, uh, with training and started body, I was still bodybuilding and started into some uh, professional wrestling at the time. 
Oh, nice. And when you say professional wrestling, wrestling, like high school wrestling, like actual oh, competitive wrestling, the, no, like the, the fun stuff, jumping off the top yeah. rope and, uh, dropping, you know, flying elbows and all this stuff and doing nice. uh, backflips and things. And, but yeah, but yeah, how'd you get, that's, that's, you got to tell me that's right. How'd you get into that? Like where, what opened the door to that? Was it the bodybuilding and definitely the bodybuilding yeah. and then also the bouncing in nightclubs growing up and, got uh, it. Just, you know, just kind of being around that. And at the time, uh, MMA wasn't around. I think had it been around, I would have been involved with that uh-huh. and, uh, because I enjoyed the physicality of things. So if you can tell, I, I, won't, I won't say more of that. In other words, you just like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. So I got a chance to train as a professional wrestler and uh, had a match. And my first match was a championship match in Georgia. And they put a mask on me. And I show up at, for this uh, wrestling match and they literally said, where's the guy? And they go, there he is. And the promoter just goes, he's too damn pretty. Put a mask on him. And, um, <laughs> and so, I, so I, it was funny. And, uh, but it actually helped me because when you wear a mask and people can't see you, you're just, you can be something maybe that you're not used to being. Yep. Uh, I'm inherently a pretty, pretty much a, an introvert. People that know me don't believe that, but it's just it's true. And yep. I don't search for the limelight, never have. But so when they put the mask on me, I could just be something that maybe, you know, always dreamed of being. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had had that match, and then from there, I I got picked up by another group and was was training. Uh, for some you know, I, th- I think some stardom in pro wrestling. And then at the time, I uh, had a girlfriend that, that didn't like it, thought it was beneath me. Yeah. So I quit. So I quit. And then the, huh. uh, the funny, yeah yeah. And guess what? Then the funny thing there is, we broke up and she started dating a pro wrestler. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> love the irony. Yeah. It's, it's it was it, whatever. And um, so it was beneath you, but not her. Is basically yeah, what exactly that exactly. So, yeah. So, got it. And so okay. So were you still in school while you were doing the pro wrestling thing, or was that? I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I was still in school until I had one semester to go. But prior to that, I'd met a gentleman, became my best friend, Benny Graham. And so met him in Georgia and we had an opportunity to move to California. So how did that pop up? What was the opportunity? Well, he, he was training a lady and she had a movie script being written and she thought we would be great for it. And I'd never done acting and didn't really want to act. But she said, hey, I've got a chance. Once you guys, I'll move you guys to California and basically take care of you guys. And we said, all right, let's go. Yeah. And, uh, and Benny was married and um, I wasn't at the time. So um, I had one semester of college and a, a couple of regrets in life. And that's one of them was not finishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still time, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I literally, I think about that. I, uh, I, have a, I have a ton of credits and I'm just like, it was just a thing for me to accomplish it. It was nothing yeah. more than that. I just wanted to accomplish graduating college. Yeah. Did you end up doing that or have you? No, no. I'm like, uh, I guess I'm like Bill Gates. He never finished college. So uh. yeah, no, it's fair. But I, I will say my business partner went back, I think like five years ago and finished because same thing, okay. like dropped out partway through, had a bunch of credits. And he's like, I'm just going to spend the next year and take some side classes and get it done. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so. Eric, I almost, almost did. And uh, we talked about this, you know, the, uh, the Lenny and Larry story. When I sold the company the first time in 2001, I literally applied to Pepperdine, the Grazia yeah. Business School, and I uh, got accepted. And I was so excited to to do that. And they, I sat for the first orientation and uh, never forget the guy. He goes, I'm going to teach you guys how to become entrepreneurs. <laughs> and, and I just said, I already am. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and I thought if that's what I was going to learn from this, I, I just said, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you can come to terms with the fact that I don't think a college degree is going to do anything for your life other than the checkbox of I finished this. <laughs> it, and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge accomplishment, especially yeah. when my, my path wasn't traditional. Let's just say that. Yeah. No. And so, so let's talk about the past. So you got out to LA, you know, became a big movie star. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I got, got out to LA and was getting, you know, 
bigger and bigger. Didn't really like, uh, didn't really like bodybuilding as a, as a so-called sport, but I love working out. Yeah. And so just kept getting, uh, you know, bigger and bigger. And I got as big as 250 pounds and uh, wow. I had, had hair down my waist. We looked like, I mean, my buddy looked like the barbarian brothers. And what year was this? This was 90. We got out here in 91. So this is 91, oh. 92. So were you like at Gold's Gym in Venice? Like were you? There you go. So I mean, my mom, my mom, funny enough, my mom, so I grew up in LA or born in LA. My mom worked out there from like 86 to 93. So you okay. probably saw her. <laughs> she was there every day. Probably saw her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Met, uh, met my, uh, met my wife at the gym. Uh, so it was, uh, it was just became, I mean, I loved it. It was just, it was just a great time. I think that was, it was early nineties. There was just, there was just an energy yep. that, I don't know, with, you know, with, with everything happening, I just, it was just a great time in life. Yeah. I remember the guy that played Conan, the barbarian at universal studios, came over and signed an autograph for me when I was like a four-year-old. And I was just, I thought it was really Conan. And he worked because he worked out at that gym with you guys. Yeah. And now you can, now you're, now you're talking to Cyclone from American Gladiator. How cool is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you, so you work it out there and see so yeah, let's get into that. So what, what, where'd they go from there? Yeah, the uh, so I started auditioning for some little parts, and even though, like I said, I'd never acted before, but it just kind of seemed like a you know a kind of a I don't know a simple transition. It's like you're a big guy and whatever, and just go try out for some bit parts. So me and my buddy started auditioning for things, and we started getting these little you know bots just strictly because of how we look. Yeah, uh, there was there was no acting involved. I actually did a um, I auditioned for a soap opera. It was called Santa Barbara back in the day. And uh, I remember going in for the reading and I do my lines. I'd never done it before. I do my lines and there were like three or four ladies that were like sitting in the office. And the first thing they said was, hey, you've never acted before, have you? And I said, literally with my Southern accent, I said, no, ma'am, I haven't. And they go, there's just something genuine about you. We're still going to cast you. So I get, I get put in the soap opera as a little bit part. I get to like have a fight with the star of the show, whatever. But now I'm, now I'm in the union. I'm in this. Yeah, you're working. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then I got into a movie, uh, Death Becomes Her, and got into SAG, and you know, did some other things, Doogie Howser and The Bodyguard, and mm -hmm. did some you know modeling in terms of like you know fitness clothes and things like this, and just you know just one thing led to another, and then you know the biggest break, the biggest to me, the biggest success outside of well, even including Lenny, Lenny and Larry's, yeah. was American Gladiators was holding an open casting call. Yeah, and a friend of mine, Billy Smith, who was Thunder on Gladiators, uh, Billy was quitting the show. He just didn't want to do it anymore. And Billy was an awesome guy. And so they had this open casting call. I'll never forget on, on a Saturday morning, like at eight o'clock in the morning, and there were over three hundred people lined up around the building wow. for the casting call. And I went there to go get that job. Yeah, and and there was nothing going to stop me. And you know, fast forward three months, it's that's about what it took. Is uh, I beat out over three hundred people for uh, the spot as American Gladiator. That's awesome. And so how long were you on the show? Eight shows. And uh, I, I ripped my bicep tendon. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, beautiful. Yeah. And I'll never forget, Eric, they, they came to me that day and they said, and I'm just like, this is the pinnacle of my, you know, sports career. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'd made it, you know, a small town, you know, guy from Hickory, North Carolina. And now I'm going to be on the hottest show on TV. Yeah. It just ended. And that day they go, Hey, Cyclone, you're in every, you're in every event today. And they film the the best event, which is Powerball, which is all the tackling and hitting. They filmed yeah. that first. So you have your, your, you know, your, your best energy. Yeah. And we filmed it first and I ended up snapping it that very first event. And I was going to be in every event that day. It was kind of my launch party. And, yeah. um, but man, what, what an experience. Yeah. I think, I think being selected was even better than even being on the show Yeah. Uh, because of what I had to go through and beating out people and coming back and beating out more people. And until it came down between me and one other guy, and I just, I smoked him in front of all the executives. Would you actually have to compete with oh, these yeah. other people? Oh, nice. yeah. we, we did the same events. We're doing joust. We're tackling each other. We're running, wow. whatever. And it, it was, I mean, it literally was, 
you know, people say, oh, was the gladiators like, you know, pro wrestling? I'm like, no, we were really hitting each other. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was such a, just a, like a, just a great time. And, and I'm not gonna lie, just, it was a, uh, to, for that to end that quickly is, 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 I feel like it took 32 years to get there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's over. Yeah. And like, what do you do now? It's like, so I had to reinvent myself and, mm-hmm. uh, that led me to this, uh, crazy little, uh, protein company. Yeah. What happened there? Cause we talked about, you know, Tom Bilyeu who was on the show as well. So like what yeah. happened, what was the progression from gladiators? Like, and actually talk about like what happened that day, that week, that yeah. month when you tore your bicep. It was a great story. My, uh, my buddy, Benny, who was my Lenny and Lenny and Larry's, he, yeah. he had just, he was on another show called Knights and Warriors and he got injured on his show. It's just like, I mean, how does it happen? He tears his shoulder and I tear my bicep and, wow. and we're at a little coffee shop in Marina Del Rey. And I, uh, we're sitting there eating like a bodybuilder still, even though we're in the, we're, we're, we're injured. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at the protein, I'm looking at the chicken and the eggs, chicken breast and the eggs. And I just said, and we had a muffin sitting there and I just go, why can't we put the protein in that muffin? And we both, we look at each other and we just go, oh my God, we're doing this. And we were both just, we, we couldn't contain ourselves. As yeah. I've said many times, it was like Willy Wonka with a golden ticket. Yeah. I, we could not stop that day. We did so much that first day that I think it would just people now and, and we did it without the internet or anything. So it was yep. just go do a DBA and uh, go downtown and try to get your trademark <laughs> and draw your logo, find somebody who find a photographer and you just, you don't know what to do. You don't even know what to yep. at the time. You're like, how do I get a UPC code? I mean, it's just, yep. you know, it's, it's just the little simple things. But when you look back, when you look at, you know, how long it's been and the, you know, the, you know, yeah, two and a half decades, whatever, everything that you know, now think about all, all the things that you didn't know at the time you started. Right. So when I mentor a lot of people now, I tell them as I said, it's okay to, to say, I don't know what that is. Yeah. You know, we didn't use the term CPG. No one talked about, Hey, you're a CPG company. I would have been, yep. what? you know, yep. but man, what, it, just what an exciting time to, to do that, to, to basically just put it out there in the universe and say, Hey, we're going to go put protein in these baked goods and let's just see what happens. And so you started with like, you, did you actually start with a DBA and all that the first day or what was the first day? First, first, first day we got our DBA. We, uh, was it we, right away Lenny and Larry's right, right away. It was Lenny and Larry's. Yeah. And, and you told uh, me before, but that came from your name and his and then putting an yeah, L on ben, it. Yeah, Benny and Barry, we thought Lenny and Larry's was funnier. And our, yeah. our ongoing joke, our little shtick at the time was that we just never called each other by our real names. That was just our thing. We, we just, it. It, it'd be a new name every day. It was something goofy, but it was funny. Yeah. And we opened up a bank account with, here's the greatest thing, with uh, $1,400 because that's all the money we had at the time. So we put $700 each in this bank account and said, yep. okay, now let's go buy some muffin mix. Let's buy protein powder. And yep. we started, we were literally baking muffins that, that exact same day. That's amazing. And how'd the first batch turn out? They were, they looked beautiful, but they were hard as a rock. And yeah. because we didn't know anything about formulating. So right. we just said, okay, listen, we can't bake, but we think this is a great idea. <laughs> Let's go find someone. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would love to hear that story. Cause it, I mean, it turned out really, I've had plenty of Lenny and Larry cookies and muffins, et cetera. So like, I'm curious. Where'd it go from there? Like, did you, where do we go and find a baker at that point? Or? Yeah, we, we did. I started uh, going, went to a bakery in Santa Monica on Montana Avenue called Montana Bakery. And it was like, oh, yeah, I know it. I live yeah. right off Montana. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two, two brothers who we became friends with. And we said, hey, here's what we're trying to do. And they weren't bakers themselves, but they had some bakers and they still weren't really yeah. weren't formulator. They were great. They gave, they gave us our shot and they gave us good prices. We we're able to, like, you know, launch our little, you know, company. And, and man, we were literally waking up at three or four o'clock in the morning and peddling protein muffins out the back of our cars. Yep. And so we got introduced through probably through a supplier, a bakery in the Valley. And there was an old gentleman there who was their R&D guy. And he used to work for Intamin's Bakery. Mm-hmm. And he knew he knew all about formulating because we kept, we kept, we first started baking. We kept saying, how long do you cook these muffins? How long do you cook these cookies? He kept saying, wait, 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 wait. It's called baking. You don't cook anything. 
Yeah. And we kept referring to them as recipes and he changed that and said, Hey, no, they're formulas. So he yeah, it's more science and baking than it is. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially when you start thinking about shelf life and water activity and things like that, that you start getting into, otherwise you're going to make, make a product and it may last three or four days. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we, um, so we, from there just, it, you know, but let me tell you something, those first six and a half years were tough. And yeah, uh, I'd love it. I mean, so you, I mean, how long did it take you to get from like, this is a great idea to like selling your first muffin? We were selling products within two weeks. Wow. And I, I think that's such a testament. So many people like get an idea, they write a business plan, they start pitching people to invest them, et cetera. You guys just got it done. Two weeks into coming up with this at a coffee shop, you're selling muffins. As two actors and bodybuilders that- That's it. Yeah. Two, two crazy guys from the South. And we just, we were just, I always tell people, I'm just, you know, I'm no different from anyone else. I'm just a dude that never quit. And if I, did, if I didn't know something, I'd figure it out. And uh, we didn't have a lot of resources back then. There weren't, uh, there weren't mentors. There weren't, there were nowhere to lean. Yeah. And so we just, we talked, we had to knock on doors and talk to people. And every account that we went to, that we pitched our concept to, everyone kept saying yes. They didn't understand why they were saying yes, but they go, there's something here. Yeah. And, and I kept telling them, I said, no, I said, protein's the future. Protein is the future. Everyone is going to need protein. Yeah. Well, you know, 25 years later, you know, you're proven right. And it, it, was, it was just because protein was important in my life that I thought it should be, was, would be good for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, but like to just say, but we also started selling our products to coffee bean and tea leaves. Okay. And that turned out to be a huge win for us because they, uh, they had a, you know, they had a bunch of locations and at the time they had a lot of them that were franchised. And what year was this? This was in 93, 94. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And so they kept seeing like how well our, these little protein muffins were doing. They put them in little baskets by the register. And so Coffee Bean reached out to us and they said, hey, what else do you guys do? Because these muffins are really selling well. Yeah. And, and so, of course, as any salesman would, we said, we can do anything. What do you need? Yeah. So they said, we need scones. And at the time we go, hey, we make the best scones in the city. Yeah. And they said, here's the flavors we need. We walked out of that meeting and said, the scone. Yeah. True story. And we had just told them that we made the best ones in the city. So, <laughs> so, but that's just what you do when you, when you of have, course. when you have conviction and you truly believe it, it's like, you know, you're going to be able to do it. So we went to our guy, our intimates baking ground said, here's what we need. And we started coming up with these, these crazy little formulas where and man, our scones were phenomenal yep. and coffee bean put them in. There you go. And then from there, it just started snowballing. They started wanting more products from us and just, and we became bigger as a, uh, more as a private label company that was making products for say coffee bean. Uh -huh. and, uh, and our brand was like, we we're doing some things we were doing, you know, back then we did, we did cookies, we did brownies, we did high protein popcorn, we did yeah. high protein granola, we did high protein cheesecakes, everything. But the one thing I always tell people now, and, and, and you know, if you can give advice to your younger self yeah. is I would say, focus on something, find your winner don't be scattered like we were yeah. and because we were just making a bunch of stuff instead of saying what is our go-to strategy here what is our what is our hero so what do you think that cost you like if you i think it cost us a lot of time yeah. many 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 years yeah you did okay and yeah. what would you have focused on i think we would have focused on you know probably just cookies and muffins and we would have thought about different ways to kind of skin those like you know the muffins were individuals maybe going to four packs and trying to improve the shelf yep. life we started doing muffin tops you know and stuff yep. and and then the cookies knowing that you had a better shelf life i mean that's like you big cookie to little cookies to medium-sized cookies to yep. multi-packs and things like this but we you know you just you just didn't know you were just trying yeah, to of course you're just trying to keep this thing going because you thought you had something yeah no that makes sense and so you said it a rough six and a half years so you started yeah. you said 92 92, 93, 93, 19, okay. yeah. Okay, so 93. So you got into coffee bean. What was tough about those six and a half years? That's a decent amount of time. That's a yeah, long yeah. sprint. <laughs> just for it never, for it not becoming like a, a bigger, a bigger brand, we'll call it. It never just like taken off. 
Right. And we were regional. We were doing okay. We're Southern California. We're doing okay. And when we launched this uh, high protein caramel popcorn, we started shipping it across country to all the Whole Foods. Yeah. And we created our own little, you know, business, you know, direct to consumer business before the internet was even here. We had people inquiring and we had people like Richard Marks. He was a piano player and singer, loved our products. We used to ship it to him in Illinois. And, but I just didn't feel like it was moving fast enough. And I think primarily because Benny and I were too similar. And I think when you have two of the same people, I don't think that you, you really have the right team. Yeah. And so when I look at the second leg, when I came back in 2007 and literally rescued the brand, I mean, let's, just, let's just put it that way. My partner was more of yin and yang. It was, uh, we, we were truly a good balance. Nice. He, he was, he was very steady and stable and grounded. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm the wild man over here saying, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> Getting to that point. Did, yeah. So speaking and a half years in, you're in 99, 2000. Did you sell yeah. at that point or what happened? Yeah, we sold it. My partner, Benny at the time, he wanted to move back to Georgia and I kind of had a life changing moment. And he said, I just got to be around my family. And I said, I said, that's fine. So we tried to do this bi-coastal thing, but the, you know, 90% of our business was in California. So I was basically doing you know, the bulk of the work. And it wasn't that he wasn't doing what he could, but he was just doing what he could. And yeah. so we had an opportunity to sell it. And it wasn't a, wasn't a, you know, a huge windfall, but it was pretty good still for, uh, for something that you created from, from a drawing on a napkin. Yeah. So um, was it like retirement level? Like you'd never have to work again? Not, not, no, not, not that kind of money, okay. but enough where you could, if you were smart, you could take it and parlay it into other things. And and, yeah. and I did, I, I did. I started, yeah. I started buying real estate. Okay. And, Got it. Uh, Yep. So uh, that kind of, uh, so I love real estate. And um, yep. so my life's moving along, you know, I'm you know doing okay with real estate and um, liking that well, and dabbling in the mortgage business too. Nice. And so you, 2000, you sell, did you go right into real estate? Wait, you, Cause you went back seven years later, you're saying, right? Yeah, I did. Right around 2002, 2003 is when I started really buying real estate. Okay. Then I was just trying to, you know, I felt like a lost puppy. Yep. I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't excited about selling my company. I felt like I, I felt like I gave it away. Yeah. And I still felt like Lenny and Larry's was, was going to be a big brand. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of, a, I, was, I was a bit bummed out to be honest. Uh-huh. And so, but then, you know, the real estate thing helped and, you know, uh, got me excited about something else, but I always missed, I always missed my brand. Yeah. And I just, and I felt like it never got to really grow up and also felt like we were about 15 years too early yeah. with what we were doing. So, yeah, yeah so we were, and then I had the, yeah, cause yeah, 2005, six, like protein, everybody has, I mean, even in the early 2000s, everybody's went mainstream. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we yeah. were, and we were doing it, you know, many years, you know, before that. Yeah. But, but even then, though, Eric, you think about it, what we were doing, we were putting it into familiar items. We mm-hmm. weren't doing protein bars and protein powders, just the, the typical things. Yeah. We were putting into products that people like to eat. Yeah. And cookies, muffins, brownies. I mean, it's just like, come on, everyone, you know, everyone eats those things. So we thought we could, if we could, if we could change the country, you know, just a little bit, we'll get them making better choices. And that's all we wanted to be. It was just a, a better for you snack. Yep. Makes sense. And so tell me about going back. So you spent, you know, let's say seven years, you invested in real estate. Did you, were you working full-time as well? Or was it just like, you took your cash, you invested? Yeah. yeah. Funny story. You mentioned Tom Bilyeu at the start. So one of my best friends, Michael Venny was, Michael's a founder of Legendary Foods now. Michael Venny was working with these guys in a, in a software company. Yeah. And didn't know anything about software. And so he asked me to, you know, join him there and wanted me to meet the guys that were running it. And it turned out to be, it was uh, Ron Penna and Mike Osborne, mm-hmm. who uh, were the original founders of Quest Nutrition. And so they had the software company and I came in, met them. We liked each other, kind of hit it off. And I just I started working for them as a company. And then one day they asked me if I would run their company. So basically become president of Awareness Technologies. Yeah. And I was like, um, sure. And so it was kind of cool. Yeah. And I always joke and say, what did I know about software? I just knew it wasn't hardware. And uh, that, made, <laughs> that made it pretty easy. I'm pretty good at figuring things out. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to know what something is. I can figure it out and figure out how to, how to sell it. 
Uh-huh. And we, we had an incredible business uh, selling direct to consumer, just downloadable software. Got it. And yeah, and Tom and uh, Ron and Mike and Michael Benny, oh, they're all there. And so Don Crouch, who became a partner, Don, you know, we, we all stayed, we always stayed in touch. We're always friends. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to me one day and said, would you ever think about coming back? And I said, I said, absolutely. And he goes, he goes, I really need help. I don't, you know, I don't know where we're going here. And this and, is the guy that bought it? Correct. The guy that bought it. Yep. Yep. And great guy, great family, loved to death, one of my, one of my best friends. And yeah, he said, would you ever, and I said, yeah, I said, uh, I said, let's do it. So we struck a simple little deal. And I told, told the guys at, you know, the software company, I said, Hey, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. I, I've got to. And I just said, now's the time. And so when Don and I partnered, that's really what we said is now's the time to turn Lenny and Larry's into a brand. Yeah. So kind of like the first time where, you know, we were all excited about the first day running out and doing all these things. Whatever. When I came back, I mean, with the first 30 days, I had changed the logo. I'd already set, set up a brand new uh-huh. website. I mean, I was just, I mean, I was just going bonkers about what we want to do. Yeah. And, and it's so funny, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf heard I was back and they reached back out and said, hey, we could use your help. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I don't want to do private label again. You know, one of yeah. the things. But it turned out to be another, a great venture with them. And then, yep. uh, yeah, we hit the ground running. In our first 11 months in business to get by, we, we tripled the sales of what he had done the year prior. Wow. And so, and then we, we knew, we just said, we just, we're on to something now. We, th- we think now is the time. Yeah. But here's the beauty about, about the way we structured it is we never took an investor. Uh-huh. And we never, so we never had debt. Yeah. And so we just never, I don't know, we just, we never spent money we, we didn't have. Mm-hmm. We kind of ran it, we ran it more, we ran a business. We weren't running a brand. Yep. And we didn't have the, you know, we didn't want to bring in a bunch of money and just try to spend our way to growth. We just said, no, let's build a business that can last forever. Yep. So, and so how long did you work? You ended up selling it again, correct? We did. It's, uh, it's so funny when you get to sell your business a couple of times and maybe yeah. may, may, may sell it again in 2022. Um, we sold it in 20, uh, 2017. Oh, so you spent 10 years again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It. Yep, Got it. Yep. And, and so tell me about like you tripled in the first year. Did how was it the next nine? Every every year it just it just every year was just was better than the next. It, yeah. it just kept it just kept growing. And the big year really what really kind of catapulted us. And we knew we were just catching fire and you know, we couldn't keep up with demand and we, mm-hmm. we had eight different co-packers making one flavor each. It was just, it was just crazy. I mean just, it was so much fun, but it was crazy. And 2015, I got introduced to a gentleman named Nick Gianuzzi. And Nick is for People, when you uh, when you have your when you air your podcast, Nick is you know he's the best attorney for CPG companies. He just is. He's he's a good friend. He's just an amazing person. And I met Nick at a uh, at Expo West, and he pulled me aside and gave me some of the best advice. He just said, literally, he said, "Stop effing around. You need to start start doubling your business, double your sales every year." He goes, then you need to sell this thing. Wow. And those, those just exact words. And for me, being an athlete, that was just like the coach, just Bill Belichick pulled me over and just said, here's what I want you to do. And I just literally, I got so excited. And uh, Don wasn't with me at the time. He was a, he, he didn't attend that day. I called him on the way back and I got him so excited. So we went from 11 million to 27 million in sales. Wow. That's and, real growth. Yeah, it's real growth. And then the, the better year was the year following. It went from 27 to 94. <laughs> and how did you do that? What took you from 27 to 94? That's not just an accident. Opened up every door we could open up. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we literally were just like knocking on doors and trying to get into everything from, you know, whether it was military and we dominated convenience yeah. and we're trying to do P, you know, PDQ display at, at Walmart. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing you know, shippers and everywhere to every retailer. We're just growing, but here's the beauty of it. And still, by the way, no outside capital, right? No outside capital. None. Yeah. None. Yep. And crazy EBITDA. I mean, EBITDA running over 30%, 17 employees doing almost $100 million in sales. It's, it's yep. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yep. And we weren't surprised. We just thought it would, we thought it would happen a lot sooner. So when yep. it happened, we just, we embraced it and said, let's, let's just keep going. Yep. But 
there comes a time where people are always knocking on your door. We didn't, yeah. even though Nick gave me that advice, we didn't go out there and say, Hey, let's just position this thing to sell. It was, yeah. ne- it was never really a discussion. Yeah. Just thought we were, we thought we were building a billion dollar brand is what we thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I still believe that. I still believe that to this day that, that it should be a billion dollar brand. But yeah, we, uh, we just kept pushing and then all of a sudden here come all the phone calls and the emails and the letters and everybody's, you know, everybody's tracking your sales and IRI and spends. We're just saying, holy cow, this cookie's absolutely dominating. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously that was, the seed was planted two years earlier, but 17 hits. Like if you're running a business making $30 million in profit, just rounding Mm -hmm. and you know, that's plenty of money. Why sell? Such a, such a good question. And I I still ask myself to, to this day. It just sometimes, I mean, I'm just like, I just like being honest, right? About yeah, for sure. I, feel, I feel like I'm talking to uh, you, a friend, and, and all the other friends out there who are going to be listening is let's just be honest, guys. Everyone has a number. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the offer becomes so big that you just go, okay, I can't be stupid here, right? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's like an athlete who's trying to negotiate a contract and he just, he keeps negotiating all of a sudden they see, no, there's no market for him. And we just never wanted that to happen. Yeah. The, uh, some of the offers started coming in were almost laughable. And, and then two weeks later, the same group would come back and they would double their offer. And this just continued and it just continued. And we almost did a deal with VMG. We, I love the guys at VMG. Yeah, they're great people. Wayne Wu, Wayne, Wayne's an awesome guy. Yeah. Dave Barham. Uh, so I love those guys. And we almost had, we almost had an offer a deal with them, but we were just a little shy in terms of our valuation and not, mm-hmm. not a lot, but just a little shy. And we said, well, if we can't hit this valuation, then we're not going to. We're not going to partner. Yeah. From that point on, that conversation we had in San Francisco at the W Hotel, six months later, our value had doubled again. Oh. So that's when we said, okay, it's game over, guys. Let's just let's just let's yeah. put pen to, let's put pen to paper and, and so did BMG buy you guys? No, they didn't. Oh. There's a group called Lion Capital. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we've worked Capital. with them too. Yeah. Yeah. We we I, sold I them Buscemi shoes. Oh okay. Yeah. 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 So nice. Yeah, they came in. They 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 made us the best offer. Let's just be honest. Got it. Yeah. Yep. And at that point, it's usually financial. Like it's, you know, you're, you're looking yep. to get out at that point, yep. which makes sense. And so after that kept going with real estate, like what was after that? Did you feel good this time? Cause in 2000, it didn't sound like you felt too good about it. Let me tell you what, it's so funny. I've been interviewed by Sean Kelly a couple of times. I love Sean. Yeah. I've been and, on, uh, awesome. So, and I'm out at, uh, and I know you're, you're interviewing uh, Michael Loeb, who I love Michael Loeb. Yep. And so we were out at Michael's house. When, and uh-huh. Sean and oh yeah. When they did that event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, called Brand Builder Summit. It was, it was yep. such a such an amazing weekend. There was some just incredible talent in the room. God, Kurt from Vital Proteins was there. I was just like, oh my God! It's like, and uh, and they sent out this little invite and they asked me about if, if I would do an interview there, and I said sure. And then they sent out the invite to everybody, and it looks and it's just featured speaker Barry Turner. And I just went like, wait, 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 what? 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 I'm not a featured speaker, and I literally was nervous. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to get up there and talk. And so they said, Sean goes, I'll interview you, and I said, well, that, that'll be better. So when Sean interviews me and he asked me a question. He said, you sell it in 2001. How'd you feel? I said, one of the worst days of my life. And he goes, wow. He goes, all right, fast forward 2007. You come back, you build it up. This time, this time your egg, your exit's really good. Take me back to like June 1st, 2017. I said, second worst day of my life. Wow. And everybody in the room just stopped. I mean, health aid founders there. And she just looked at me like, are you? I had Dinah. She's in our, she's in our YPO group. Yes. Yeah, exactly. She's awesome. She's great. And and I just said, listen, I said, I hope all of you get a chance to experience what I I experienced. I said, but when that time comes, I think you're going to believe what I believe, which is that it was not a good day. You had more than you would ever, you'll ever need in life. It was generational, you know, a windfall. 
And as people like to call it a liquidity event, it's just another way of saying you made a lot of money. Um, But yeah, it was a, and it wasn't, I I wasn't excited because I was selling my baby again. Yeah. And like you say, when you have a, when you have an EBITDA of 30 plus percent, it's like you you wipe, sell it, whatever. And Don and I both. And I think that's important just to touch on, like for most people probably listening, including myself at even, which is like. $30 $30 million a year, even if you're splitting it, let's say you were taking home $3 million a year. Like I've talked to a lot of very successful people. You're not spending that kind of money unless you're really trying to. So no. you're not like, it's not like you sold and you went and bought something. There wasn't anything you needed to buy. No, zero. You, uh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. That's, that's just so spot on. Yeah. And I joked, I was like, what am I going to do? Buy me and my wife matching Ferraris? I was like, I don't, that's not yeah. what I do. Right. I still, drive, I still drive the same car that I when I sold my company. I still live in the same house since I sold my company. And, and um, by the way, you could have bought the Ferraris and kept the company if that was really a motivation. 100%. So, yeah. 100%. And yeah. it's funny the way we structure too, I want everybody to understand too. We were an S Corp and it does have some advantages. And one of those advantages are called distributions. Yep. And uh, so the, our distributions were, were healthy. Let's just say that. Yeah. And we, we had, I had no wants. I had no needs. I just, I love getting up every day and just like starting my day with a, with a workout and then, then driving to the Valley and lining up my phone calls as I'm going to the Valley and just, yep. and I love walking in. And, and sometimes I wouldn't get anything. I couldn't even sit at my desk till about three or four o'clock in the afternoon because I'm stopping at everybody's office or station. They're asking me questions and someday it's all going to be gone and you're going to miss it. You're just going yep. to miss it. And so do you, and I pointed question, like, do you regret it? Do you wish you were still yep. running the company? You yeah. I, I do. Yeah. 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 So if you, know. if you knew what you knew now, you wouldn't like, you'd keep the company. You would. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Because when you have money, you don't remember it's great. All stuff, whatever. Yeah. But like, unless you just have something you're wanting to do. Yeah. Like I want to, I don't know. I'm going to go on a, I want to go on a sailboat for a year. I want to, I want to golf every golf course in the, in the world. And so yeah. if you have that kind of hobby or dream, whatever, then, then that's fine. My hobby was business. Yep. I love, and I loved working with people. I love camaraderie. I love the collaboration. I love the creativity. The team we had just built was amazing. I mean, just amazing group of people and just rock stars. And I just, and I just, I don't know, just, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, listen, I think this is, as someone that's built a business that I could probably sell to retire off of and haven't, it's the same. It's every entrepreneur wrestles with this is why this is so interesting because I hear this feedback, but thank you for being as honest as you are because a lot of times people aren't that blunt, like, Nope, I shouldn't have done it. Like, yeah, 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 I have all the money in the world, but I had all the money in the world before. Like, it's yeah. that's, that didn't change anything. It didn't need anything. And yeah. we, uh, you know, there, there were several deals that were, uh, that would have probably been better in terms of, not that Lion, Lion's great people. They're great people. They really are. They're really, really good people. But there were other deals that would have been where we could have sold a minority stake and still yeah. been in charge of it. And those are the deals. I might have, you know, we could have worked with, you know, Kavu or VMG sure. and it would have been a, um, probably been just as good, if not better. They, they would have made just so again in three to five years. That's, they, well, that's they would. That, that, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But they were they were just bigger, bigger value ads yeah. than just say say a private equity group that's dealing yeah. in fashion and restaurants. Right. Um, they're it's not, you know, CPG is not their uh, strong suit. Yep. Well, hey, I mean, God willing to land capital, but if not, you may get the opportunity to buy it back for pennies, which a lot of people have done in the past too. Yeah, we it's definitely on, on my on my mind, but I'm not looking Transparently, like, that's what ended up happening with Buscemi. So <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean that, that that's a, it's always a possibility. I mean, I'm a obviously I'm I'm older, but I'm young-minded I'm, yeah. I'm healthy i just uh you know still i still stay in the game i i, I like yeah. the game and we'll see because it's not the same even though you think like hey i can just go out and create a new uh, a new brand yeah very hard yeah i mean you guys had lighting in a bottle you can't i mean it took forever don't get me wrong yeah. but you really did have that 15 years early great idea that you okay. stuck with on some ways yeah. 
Yep. And you're, and you're right about that. It's like, you get, you get the, you get one chance to be the prettiest girl at the dance. And so I think you better take yeah. it. But we had, we had a lot of innovation coming and, and the thing now is once you become a person now, it's like you're, you're too corporate yeah. and it's too, it's too much like a big CPG company mm-hmm. and which we warned them about from in the very beginning. We just said, we have to stay nimble. Lenny Larry's is an entrepreneurial brand with entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. We've got, we have to stay that way and product launches take forever. Things like that. They're just, they're kind of frustrating. Yeah, but makes sense. And so give me the last three years. Have you, you, you've got the money invested in real estate Any any highlights for the past three years? Well, I, I stayed involved with the business uh, okay. for, for, for three years and then, oh, you did. Cool. yeah, I did. Yeah. And I wish it had been more high level, but uh, I didn't step on anyone's toes. We had a, we had a, uh, they put a new CEO in place, uh-huh. the guy, Apu, the board decided to, you know, go a different direction. Uh-huh. And, and then we have a, have a really good impressive CEO now, Jolie Weber. Jolie came from, she came from Wise Snacks. I think she's going to do a great job for the company. So now this, this girl, I got about another maybe six, seven months of uh, just, well, I'll, I'll do air fingers for consulting. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really, to me, just was to try to keep me under my uh, non-compete. Uh-huh. My non-compete ends uh, May 31st of 2017, but I'm not counting down the days yeah. uh, with Wing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've never do that to the brand, but, but yeah, so you, I mean, you think about these things. And so for me in the past, you know, three years, three and a half years, whatever, that's really what it's been. I've just been buying more and more real estate. I've, I've invested in a couple of brands, nothing, but when I end up looking at all these, I've had so many offers and deals and potential opportunities come across that, that nothing really hit me strong like Kettle and Fire did, mm-hmm. Justin and Nick Mayers. They're incredible. And so I, I pointed up there. I thought that was a great investment. Yep. But otherwise, if I'm going to get in the CPG space, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it myself. Yep. And I think real, and real estate to me is a, it's just such a great investment. Yeah. Uh, and no, it's, me, I mean, that's where 95%, percent of millionaires are made in real estate. You look at where their wealth comes from. It's, yeah. it makes sense. And so two last questions for me. One, uh, what's next? What are you looking on the horizon for? I think I'm going to move to, uh, going to move to Utah next year. Going to move to Park City. Great call. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'll split time between here, between California and Utah, but the majority in Utah. And I think there's a, I think there's another brand in me. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of research on things, play around with different names, designs Thanks. and things. So uh, I have a pretty good eye for aesthetics and I already have this vision of a brand in, in my head. So I think, I think I'll end up doing another brand. Yeah. And what's interesting, like I, I actually, funny enough, talked to my wife about this last night, which is you've got all the connections now that are yeah. took you years to build where like, if you started something, you'd at least be starting at second base or, you know, That's not... Exactly. Great point, Eric. Great yeah. point. I mean, I can I can reach out to anyone, brokers, right. buyers, you know, retailers. Yep. It doesn't matter if, if I just said, hey, I'm doing this now. They'd say, hey, let's give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to come up with a good product, which is very hard to do. But yeah. assuming you do that, you're now on second base, not trying Absolutely. to get there. And somebody asked me one time, the most valuable thing I've had, I've learned in my business is it's just been my, it's been my relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, with people. And like I said, I, I love the game, but also love helping people. I've done a lot, a lot of mentoring and I enjoy it. I really do. Uh, I get as much out of it as the person I'm speaking with. And I just put myself out there. And if I can, plus if I can help someone like, you know, if they, if it's a VP of sales or somebody in R and D or whatever, and they say, Hey, I'm looking for a new job. Do you know anyone looking for somebody? Whatever, I, I'll make connections. I, I, I think it's, I think the best and most valuable thing we can give people is our time. Yep. And, um, so I, I, I make sure I give a lot of it. Awesome. And so last question, advice for someone trying to pursue their dreams, whatever those may be. What is, what do you think is the one thing you've had such a great story arc of a career, a lot of which I didn't even know before this. What, what do you think drove you to be such a top contender in all these things? And really like, I mean, you've, you've been at the top, of several industries, not just baking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that too. I think you said it. I, it's it's drive. I think if you're driven, I think you're you're going to be successful. And where do you where do you think that comes from? I, I you know I want to I I don't know if it's just from necessity. I you know 
I, I grew up, I didn't grow up with a lot. I grew up, we grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's, maybe that's always in me that I think that I'm, I was just this, you know, poor, maybe this poor uneducated guy from the South or something. And that's, and then maybe that was just what drove me, which got me obsessed with working out and just, and just, and never quitting. And just, uh, and to this day, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm knocking on the crazy age next year, but and it's hard to, hard to believe because you fast forward and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're 59, 60 years old and you're just going like, wow, wait, what? You know? Yeah. Because inside you don't feel it. I wouldn't have guessed that till you just said it. So, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Like uh, I said, I, I stay in shape. Matter of fact, I yeah. worked out before our uh, before our call, and so it's just, it's just part of me. But going back, to like what advice? Like, I just think I've said it before on a, a, a an interview I did a while back, and I think motivation is temporary. Uh-huh. And, I think, and I think for the people that need to be motivated, I don't know if they become these crazy entrepreneurial winners because they they need stimulation and motivation a lot. Yeah. And people that are driven, we don't need anything. Yeah, it's the intrinsic versus extrinsic, 100%. Yeah, yep. and we, so we just and our, our minds are going or whatever. And, and Eric, one thing I'll say too is like, if people, if people will stop focusing on the exit before they've even proven anything, and it would go, well, when I get to 10 million in sales and I go, where are you now? They go, well, we did like 200,000. I said, well, don't you think you need to sell a million before you sell 10 million? I mean, like, it, they, don't, they don't understand it, and, but it's true. And the other thing I, I say is that you're building a business. You're not building a brand. You may think you're building a brand. You're building a business. Yep. Your, your consumer will tell you when you're a brand. Yep. I mean, that was Great a we, but we were just, we were just this cookie company. People kept saying this cookie company is crazy cookie company. They would never say Lenny and Larry's. And it was so frustrating because I was like, damn it. I want, I want Lenny and Larry's to be a brand. Yeah. And they kept saying, you know, the complete cookie or this, or this, you know, you know, the big protein cookie. That's, what, that's how they would describe us. Yeah. No, but, so and, 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 but you, and you guys did such a great job with the brand name and the cartoon and everything. Like, I'm not going to lie. I always thought it was like two nice Jewish guys from New York that started Lenny and Larry's. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh so, so quick story. Now, now you got to go, but so I'm meeting with Don and I are having lunch with the, uh, the former CEO of Balance Bar. Uh-huh. And Balance Bar was one of the, me is one of the best product names ever. It's Balance. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's any better than that, right? Yeah. And so we had lunch with them in Santa Barbara. And we were just looking for, you know, some advice. We were kind of early, maybe 2010, 2011, 12, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. And that's the medium. And we're sitting, sitting down with him. And he looks at our logo. We're sitting on, we have a, a label or something sitting on the, on the table. He looks at the logo. He goes, I got one question for you. I was like, sure. He goes, who are the two black guys? <laughs> And I literally deadpan, I looked at him and I looked back at the label and I said, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> and he just goes, but you're not black. I said, well, neither are they. I said, what? I go, what does it matter? I go, so he literally thought that he goes, oh, I just thought it was this, these two, two black guys with this big, big giant Afro. And I was like, no, it's just, it's just hair that comes together. So I'm just, you know, just one and never, never forgot it. It was just like, oh my gosh. But oh, it, that's great. But, I'll tell you, but it made you think about like everything that you're doing. It's like, it really, you better start, like when you have something is ask people, well, what do you think? Yeah. You may see it one way and somebody else sees it completely different. Yeah, what you said is that's great about having a yin and yang business partner, people around you, like that give so, it to you straight. It's awesome. So important. I, I, I'm, listen, my, my journey, my journey is incredible. I always say my journey's not over. I got two, yeah. uh, you know, two amazing sons, 26, 28. They live awesome. in Brooklyn. They live in you know, Williamsburg. They're, you know, uh-huh. they're they're awesome young men. They didn't grow up with what what we what they have, and so they're very grounded, really mm-hmm. good, uh, really good young men. And so they they didn't have it wasn't the handout like yeah, you know, which is important. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Barry, thank you so much for being on Hawk Talk. This has been great and hope to connect again soon. Glad we finally connected, man. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thanks again. Hey, buddy. See you, Eric. Yeah. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. 
We'll dive into your business for free. Identify opportunities in your marketing strategy. Then get you teamed up with individual experts all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.